Chapter 6 High School Dumpster Nathan Rhodes sat in his nondescript office, located in Baltimore, close enough to the action in D.C., but far enough not to be seen. When you're officially listed as deceased, the possibility of seeing people you know on the street isn't a good thing. Though he never actually lived in D.C., he was aware quite a few of his previous military peers had moved up the food chain since the war in Iraq and planted roots in the nation's capital. Bumping into one of them would be a non-starter. His office was in the back of a rundown strip mall some government procurement agent had obtained from the lowest bidder. A true shithole. Though his true identity was listed as MIA and presumed dead, his new life as a low-level manager for the Department of Agriculture was still taking a little getting used to, even after two and a half years. As he surveyed his office, he realized how truly fucked the real Department of Agriculture was. The furnishings looked like they were stolen from a high school dumpster. His desk phone was mere decoration. He never used an unsecured line to speak to anyone, ever. His dead satellite phone sat on the desk recharging and looked more like a paperweight. After a few minutes, it came back to life, beeping with messages. He put his paperwork down and listened. The first message was from his team of ex-marshals in Atlanta that were parked on Gomes. It was quick and to the point. Contact made. Engaging. They were referring to the trap they had set for Beth Colby, an organization operative, and Gene Gomes, an ex-organization scientist they were using as bait. His plan had worked, or was working, or so it seemed. He'd need a full report. However, if Beth Colby was truly going after Gomes, then this was their best chance of snagging the only organization operative they were aware of. He had taken a big chance placing Serena Green within the organization, and in the end it had been sheer luck that it happened at all, guessing and finding a bit player that surfaced her named Magnus Johnson. As invaluable as Serena was beginning to be, he had to admire the operational firewalls that the organization put in place, and the fact that Beth Colby was so ruthlessly efficient and tight-lipped. Other than being in Atlanta and staying with Beth, Serena didn't know for sure what the hell they were doing in Atlanta. Serena was certainly aware Gomes was there and the Department of Agriculture was using him as bait. However, beyond that, she was flying blind. Rhodes scratched his head, thinking about the layers of complexity he was having to deal with. In the end, laying a few baited traps was the only way he thought he could shake the tree and get Beth to expose the next level of the organization. A long play, for sure. If his team could grab her during her own operation and keep Serena's cover intact, it stood to reason that Serena would be the next man up in the organization. Or at least that was the plan. Hopefully, his team had Beth and Serena was still insulated from suspicion. The next message from his team was more confusing. Matt Dillon down, on her way for a visit. What the hell? was all Rhodes could mutter. He looked at his phone, but there were no more messages. That's it? What the hell does that mean, he thought. 
Matt Dillon was the name of the marshal in the old series Gunsmoke. That's what his ghost team called the ex-marshals watching Gomes. Did she take them out, he thought. His mind was racing. None of it made any sense. He'd dial the numbers as he replayed the voicemail in his head. He had planted two ex-marshals to watch over Gomes. They were contractors of sorts, not officially on the payroll, but competent and didn't ask too many questions about security work for the Department of Agriculture. He also had two of his men, codenamed Ghost Team, watching them and Gomes as well, serving as a safety net. The marshals had done good work in the past, but he wasn't about to put the operation in their hands alone. If Beth was as good as urban legend had it, she'd be a hard one to snare. Ghost Team would make sure that nothing went wrong. He dialed the marshals and Ghost Team. No one answered his repeated calls. A cold sweat broke out on his forehead. His phone rang and broke the silence. His administrator, based in D.C., spoke in short, clipped sentences as she read him two coded messages sent by his operative, known to both the Department of Agriculture and the organization as Serena Green. The first message was benign and much like the others she had sent. Wolf still roaming. N.C. Literally translated, it meant that Beth was doing more of the same, out and about with nothing to report. Thanks, he said in a clipped tone to his admin, hoping to get back to the matter at hand. I'll catch up with you later. Excuse me, sir, there's another message, his admin said. The second message was unexpected. Serena usually left one message every three days at one of the many pre-selected dead drops. Any more would be risky since she was new to the organization. His admin continued, All down. Contain. Are you sure? he asked, swallowing hard. Yes, sir, she said, not knowing the significance of what she had just read. Nathan Rhodes hung up and put his hands in his head. He hadn't known the marshals well, but Ghost Team were men he had served with in Iraq, guys he'd have walked through fire for. Though they were officially listed by the government as deceased as well, now they might be truly dead. He had to quickly deal with damage control and get to the scene before local authorities did. He dialed the number for his standby team. I need you to check on the parents. They may need maid service, he said. The man on the other line understood immediately and called the department cleaning service to be on standby. He called the other members of the standby team and headed toward a small private airport in the D.C. suburbs. They would be wheels up and route to Atlanta in 30 minutes. Using Gomes as bait was starting to feel like a royal class fuck-up. Beth had taken the bait, however it was possible he had underestimated her. If Serena's messages were correct, and he had no reason to doubt that they were, it now looked like his team was down and Beth was back to doing whatever she wanted to do with impunity. His one real asset close to the organization and Beth was Serena Green, his least experienced operative with whom he had had very limited contact. Limited contact was the only reason she was still alive. 
The idea of having Serena take Beth out was becoming more appealing by the moment. However, that wasn't her mission. She was only tasked with providing details on Beth's movement so his team could observe her in her natural element and see who she met with in order to discover other members of the organization higher up the food chain and hopefully move up once that Beth was in the department's hands. He fucking needed Beth. That was the only reason the bitch was alive. She wasn't just an operative for the organization, but a high-level enforcer of sorts and a crucial piece of the puzzle. As much as he wanted to take her off the board, he just couldn't yet. She couldn't get hit by a bus. She needed to trust Serena and let her handlers know Serena was trustworthy before making a move. Absent that, Serena would be hanging in the wind. With Beth out of the picture too soon, ingratiating Serena with the organization would be the least of their worries. Keeping her alive would be the issue. He put the files back in his briefcase. However, before he left, he had to make one more call. He dialed the number slowly and deliberately. I need to speak to the president, was all he said. Thirty seconds later, the president picked up. Nathan, what's up? The president said in a clipped tone. Mr. President, we may have a situation. 